Welcome back to another episode of Ends with Z. I'm Juan Fernandez, along with Cecile Munoz. And Cecile, you know, I always get excited when we have a guest with us today. I know you do, and I am especially excited because mm-hmm. um, I think she's going to bring some really great perspective. Mm-hmm. I know after the last episode of dating, mating, and hibernating <laughs> captivity, yep. which uh, we uh, received a lot of response and a lot of questions, we wanted to make sure we brought a different perspective other than our generational mm-hmm. perspective. And so today, I am very happy to say we have Ashley Hall in the studio with us, who is um, one of the millennials made in the 80s. That's right. Um, she also <laughs> is the owner of Queerdo Circle Media. They specialize in producing digital content, marketing consulting, uh, helping businesses like mine, quite frankly, improve their mm-hmm. digital business solutions. I also have the great pleasure of calling her my friend. She's an amazing, amazing dancer. Um, she is also a multi-degreed individual. She has a degrees in digital media and business and a master's in fine arts in producing from the esteemed AFI Conservatory. And on the personal side, Ashley is a self-proclaimed tea snob. I love that. Doesn't touch coffee, apparently, right, Ashley? Which Correct. does not make her our generation, <laughs> because I think we, we were weaned on right. coffee. First I thing know you I offer was. somebody when they come over is a cup of coffee. Well, she won't touch coffee, and she has never met a red lipstick that she doesn't like. And I know you can probably well, um, that's relate the, to that. Well, that's the Latina Cecilia. in her. I know you're uh, Afro-Latina, so that's the Latina in you. And that's just is good sense and good good fun, good sense mm-hmm. and good fashion. Mm-hmm. Actually, so tell us about you. But first of all, Queerdo Circle Media, mm-hmm. where does that come from? Well, first, I just want to say thank you for having me. Um, I'm very excited to be here with you guys, you know, chatting. Um, my business, Queerdo Circle Media. So that came from back when I was uh, just fresh out of undergrad. Mm-hmm. I had kind of started to do freelance, you know, set up my business, and I was part of the chamber in my hometown. What hometown's that? <clears throat> it's Camarillo, California, mm-hmm. um, Ventura County, so not too far from here. I know that because that's where I ended up getting my vaccine. It's really pretty, but it it's is. a different world. It doesn't feel like L.A. It, it does not feel like L.A., and I know a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. if in, their, in the entertainment industry, if they have children, a lot of them move up there because oh. it's close enough to L.A. where the commute isn't completely horrific. But mm-hmm. Good children, schools, too. Good schools. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still got that nice. suburban feeling. Um, but, you know, there is a, a certain conservative mindset there at times it is you know a former military town and so yes I was uh, at a chamber meeting and it was one of the first that I had shown up to and I had my little name tag and an older gentleman approached me and reading the name tag and Mm -hmm. saw you know that I was there on behalf of a business and asked me if I was there um, for my boyfriend oh to to represent my boyfriend and I told him no uh, it was my business, and he, he then went into inquiring about what kind of business it was. Well, it turns out we apparently were in the quote-unquote same business, and mm-hmm. he's a teacher and, you know, the whole thing. And um, I guess we would call it mansplaining nowadays. Oh, how kind of him to tell you about your work. Yes, to tell oh. me about my work. And then as I kind of started to respond, you know, I'm there in my black shirt and my red lipstick, and mm-hmm. um, he said, you know, you're kind of cute, but you're kind of weird, you're never gonna make it in this business. You're you're not, you know. Oh. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're 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 too. I guess eccentric was what he was trying to that get at. That was all in a matter of seconds. seconds. Just meeting, in a matter, yeah. your name tag. And, <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Your red lipstick, black shirt. When everybody else is right. in light blue, whatever. You know, um, you're 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 kind of cute, but you're weird. You're never going to make mm-hmm. it. So to, for me, that kind of sparked this idea of well, cute weirdo, queerdo, mm-hmm. and 
kind of just motivated me to kind of, you know, for lack of a better word, F you, you know, just mm-hmm. we're going <laughs> to, I'm going to show this. him. <laughs> and right. that's um, why she's here with us. That's why mm-hmm. she is a, an extraordinary millennial, an extraordinarily young woman. Um, you were in your 20s. Mm-hmm. And it, 20s, yeah. it's very similar to uh, experiences that I had when I started just a couple of decades before you, but uh, but who's counting? Uh-huh. But that's the thing of it is we, we advance, but yet we stay, you know, with more than one foot sometimes in the past. And that's why we always have to be mindful of, of how we comport mm-hmm. ourselves and how we think the thoughts that we think and, and how do we propel ourselves forward. I think that's amazing that you had the, the emotional fortitude to not slap them and that you mm-hmm. had the confidence in yourself to let that propel you and mm-hmm. find a, a, a really awesome name to your business out of yeah. such a not nice right encounter. conversation right it actually came from that and i think that's something we all in this room our executive producer sean mo is here with us as well we all have that very similar drive at a very young age i knew mm-hmm. i wanted to go into the tv news business you knew what you wanted to mm-hmm. do you were doing high school in france i mean yeah. who, who does that right i mean um <laughs> yeah it's that young that that drive that I really appreciate is that drive mm-hmm. and that confidence. And so, yeah. Ashley, we'd love to hear your your thoughts. I know you listen to the podcast. I do. I'm quite a fan. <laughs> Thank you. And after the the last uh, episode on dating and mating and hibernating and captivity, I know you and I had a brief conversation at the dance studio, and what you said really, really uh, struck me. You said you mm-hmm. had discussed it with some of your friends and uh, that you had found it helpful and and you shared with me some other thoughts so I'd love to get from you um, uh, some some thoughts on that dive a little bit deeper into the relationship experience from your perspective and from your generation's perspective as we've gone through over a year now of isolation and Mm -hmm. being locked up Mm -hmm. and limited interaction um, I think, yeah, uh, you know, you and I always have some great conversations, and um, that's definitely been at the forefront, I think, for a lot of the people in my generation is relationships and what is, what do they mean? What do they look like? What what does it mean to now date or be involved with someone after these, you know, I guess once-in-a-lifetime situations we God found willing. ourselves God in? Um, and I have so many friends, and, and myself included in this group, but that are it's almost a spectrum it seems to COVID itself I think provided depending on how you look at it an opportunity for many people to reassess where they were in their life mm-hmm. professionally mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. and for some who were uh, f- friendlier let's say with who they were and their bodies and how they went about dating and sexual relationships they I think took a moment to reassess what they were doing and if it was working for them. So I've seen a lot of the quote-unquote friendlier people kind of go into their own form of hibernating Mm -hmm. and taking pause to to decide what they really want moving forward. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, I've seen people who were maybe not as free with themselves who I don't know if it was the fear of COVID and what's going to happen. The end of the world, The end of the world. Mm -hmm. And they're just, hey, everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. they're, they're out there and um, a lot of them obviously trying to navigate that in as safe a manner as possible, but even that's obviously posing some challenges because how do you create a meaningful relationship with someone when mm-hmm. you are separated? Yes, we have Zoom, and through d- various digital um, technology, we can obviously navigate some of that, but it's been difficult, I think, for a lot of people, and at the same time, it's given people some hope or mm-hmm. new perspective on their life. 
I always thought that perhaps it was easier for your generation, and, and I know that we're we're throwing a blanket over an entire generation, and, and we've talked about uh, the older millennials skew more like the Xers, they're mm-hmm. perhaps a little bit more conservative. I know that that you certainly identify with that, yeah. certainly from from your focus on your education and, and your career perspective, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I always thought that maybe your generation had it easier because although you you guys are pretty much digital natives, mm-hmm. uh, online natives. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it would it. I can't wrap my head around ever doing online dating. And that's just. I mean, I can't. Mm-hmm. I I can't wrap. Yeah. And I know I may be in a in no. a very small community to that. So I thought, well, maybe it's easier for them. It's easier for them to to have the experience of of COVID on relationships because they're so used to sitting at a table uh, with a friend and texting each mm-hmm. other while they sit at a table at dinner. But maybe I'm wrong about that. Well, I think, and I think you guys had kind of touched upon it in your last episode with, you know, some of the statistics from, I think it was OkCupid and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what they were reporting. And I do agree that some of that, I think, is on par. But at the same time, not necessarily. I think it still comes down to who we are as people. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people, as you said, because we live in a digital age and a lot of technology, there are a lot of people in my generation, especially in the younger groups, that are so used to communicating that way that it does provide less anxiety to get on a Zoom Mm. and message someone or or speak with someone and sort of digitally date. But then I have a lot of friends who either they're what we call Zoom fatigued or Mm -hmm. they don't want to do that. They've tried to do that with all the dating apps and it's kind of proven fruitless unless you are part of the hookup culture. It, you know, it's great for hookup culture, but for those trying to make a meaningful connection, it's proven very frustrating. And so I had a lot of friends who even, you know, they were in their early 20s and now some time has passed. And they're like, I don't want to be on dating apps. I don't want to do the digital thing. I I wish I could just meet someone in a grocery store. Well, that's interesting. Yes, they're seeking the human connection, Mm -hmm. which I think is great. I have a friend of mine who's more or less in in your age group, maybe a little older by three or four years. And she is on the apps. Mm -hmm. And she just got out of a relationship, which is funny because during the last episode, I was talking about how she was in a relationship. But for reasons I won't talk about, uh, the relationship ended. She got right back on the apps. She went outside in her backyard. She took pictures. I mean, she she wants to look for a, a baby daddy. She wants to look for a husband. Wow. And she does go right into first couple of text messages. She wants to take it right to FaceTime or right mm-hmm. to Zoom or Skype or whatever it is because while she can't meet somebody at the grocery store, she feels like that video gives you a <laughs> sense of, you know, hey, Somewhere. Am I feeling butterflies with this guy? Mm-hmm. I I agree with that um, because I think prior to COVID, you know, everybody's working, everyone's in an office, and there, it was mm-hmm. the, the the thing about the apps and the culture of it is, you know, so many people reach out back and forth that mm-hmm. it's almost difficult to figure out who to even talk to to kind of even create an initial connection of who you want to talk to, and some people I think do it also for validation. You know, it's more about validating themselves that somebody wants them as Mm -hmm. opposed to really trying to date someone. So those who are on there to really date, I think, you know, what you said about jumping on a FaceTime sooner, it makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. because for somebody like your friend who knows, it seems like she knows exactly what she wants and where she is in her life, that's going to weed out people who are going to waste her time faster. And I Mm -hmm. think particularly for women, I don't, you know, want to say only women, but the women that I know, that's been, I think, the greatest advantage to it because mm-hmm. they know what they want. And, and the wasting time factor can be really 
I mean, I was going to ask huge. you about that. Do you, in, do you feel that most men out there looking for a relationship, at least on the apps, are they being truthful that they are looking for somebody? No. Or is it, <laughs> I'll no. just definitively say no. That doesn't mean that they're not. But so I don't know if you guys are, mm. you know, familiar with things like the attachment theory and statistically. Tell us about that. Huh? So I can't remember the author now and who originally developed it. It's slipping my mind, but. We'll find it and we'll put yeah. it up on the on the website. And, and it talks about, and, and that's become a big thing, f I think, in our generation, too, as we're becoming more aware and. Something like 70% of people who show up on dating apps are what they consider an avoidant attachment, meaning they want, they think that they want a relationship, but when it gets to a place of becoming more intimate or serious, then they kind of cut and run. Or they, they ghost. ghost. <laughs> yep, they ghost. And so for the 30% left who are looking for something meaningful, it's very difficult wow. for them to filter these people out. But by, like you said, getting on and seeing the face, at least that's a I way to I think my friend, what them. she wants to do is is cut out the time wasters yeah. because you can they go won't on follow up. for weeks before yep, you meet exactly. somebody in person for a coffee date mm -hmm. and waste a lot of time texting it and get nowhere. Time. But see, that makes absolute sense to me that most men, and this is not by any mm -hmm. sense of the, mm -hmm. uh, of the word male bashing, mm -hmm. but it yeah. makes sense that people that do not really want to commit can do that because mm -hmm. I know people from a, the from a different gender uh, gender that do the same thing but for me actually as a woman that we have hard enough time to really determine what it is that we want because society and cultural norms and mores still deeply influence or mm -hmm. is that voice that's still chewing in the back of our ears that says but you should want this and the first thing we should want to do is is be a a good girl right irrespective of of mm -hmm. generation that's still very prevalent how do you know what you really want when anything you would want is available to you by I'm assuming checking different boxes in the app as to what you're looking for mm. so it's hard enough to stay true to course of what I want but I've seen friends who I it, it's like the it's like the I'm gonna date myself like the Sears and JC Penney catalog and the restoration catalog all into one where she's just looking through all the people that respond mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's just how do you know how do you it's, then say and are you really being is this is this really a, a, a way to really allow yourself to say I'm really I'm really seeking something that I want and I'm, and I'm clear when you're just have I mean, you're a, a, a beautiful, vibrant, intelligent young woman. I could imagine that it would be like a like a the the, the, the winning the, the the slots at the casino in Vegas, ding 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 ding, with all mm -hmm. those messages coming through. How do you, how does someone do that? Well, and I, that's a really great question. I think, and I have a lot of male friends as well who are on these apps, and it's a very different experience that both genders seem to have and then mm -hmm. also whether or not you're part of the lgbtq community which is mm -hmm. an entirely different process and i almost feel like for my friends in that community the some of their apps that are geared specifically to them are sometimes easier because some of that is weeded out but for instance for the men that i know who are on the apps their biggest complaint is they just to be blunt, they get a lot of more sexual solicitation from these people. The men do? Yes, from, from like women? OnlyFans. You know, these are not even real women. They're women that are trying to sell their OnlyFans. So for men who oh. are really looking for relationships, oh. there's maybe one real woman for every 10 fake women. On the flip side for women, it is this sort of, you know, because all you have to go on, depending on the app you're on, is photos. Mm -hmm. And depending on how they take those photos, some people, you know, you hear the jokes about, oh, they're 10 years old or they're in a group so you don't know who you're dating or there's, you know, jokes for women like the guys, <laughs> oh, you know, you kind of know he's a quote unquote 
douche or he's not a good candidate if he's got this picture, this picture, and this picture. I mean, it's come down to a stereotype. Wow. So if they have a picture with a dog, if they have a picture at the gym, if they have a picture with their, you know, bros or their, you know, this is the... (laughs) F boy starter yeah. pack, right? This is how you know. This is how you know. And if you, and if for on the flip side for women, if they mention pumpkin spice anything, if they mention, it, then they're they're what we call basic B words, you know. And and that's oh, this is what this is. And so for women, you know, when I had the very short time I was on those apps, I think I have PTSD from it. Frankly, um, I'm it, getting PTSD yeah, from it's, you just it's, it's explaining just, it to me. I had, I mean, when I first. Anytime I'd start these apps, and some of these algorithms work this way to, I think, get you a lot of responses. And I sometimes wonder how many people are even mm-hmm. real because we've mm-hmm. come to learn that mm-hmm. as well. Okay, keep any of these companies. Or Match.com, there yeah. was a time that there were some they profiles were fake. fake yeah. to make people feel good. Mm-hmm. And I would start it, and by the end of that day, I'd have 100 people liking, oh and I'd have to sort through them all. But it's, And that was the other funny thing, I think, because these people are so used to now not actually having to answer to a real person they think they can say anything to you. So the pictures, let's say, that I would get that should maybe be in adult magazines that are being sent to me right off the bat, hi, here's a picture of me. And the gen- I'm like, really? So like a, a, a dick pic, a dick basically. Pic, yeah, I don't know if we could say that. I, I mean, say you can say that. that. Like, We're I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I had to be very, yeah, we called it a curation of cock pictures because this is, this is what – this is how many were sent to me. And I'm like, and you're trying to make a real connection. Now, that's interesting because in the gay community, we see that mm-hmm. where you see men sending mm-hmm. nude pictures, nude photos. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's so funny because I would tell some of my younger friends, I'm like, my God, you know, back in the day, maybe you'd send a Polaroid photo to a boyfriend <laughs> or somebody you were really into, a Polaroid Because, you know, photo. in 20 years, it would dissolve. Basically. Right. It would just disappear. <laughs> Uh, but these days, it's no, it's somebody very within out there. A, a first contact. It's like Here you I go. don't even ask. I don't know your name. I don't know what city you're in, and I <laughs> see your genital. So there's that to sort through, and then Gosh. there's the couple who really want to get to know you, or the, it, it's but so it hard gets, to weed it's out. It's overwhelming, and so I can imagine, like I said, for your friend, you know, she knows what she wants, and getting online yeah. with them and really seeing their face mm-hmm. and seeing if they're well. A funny story about my friend again, and um, she showed me a picture from one of the guys she was talking with. I think it was on um, on Tinder, mm-hmm. and it was his main picture was a picture of him with a girl next to him blacked out in sharpie. Oh yeah, see that's the automatic. We're just nope, nope. And oh. she said to me. Why would I respond to him? Yep. I might be the next girl yep. underneath a sharpie. But exactly. Pen. Obviously, somebody is, and so I, I, so I've got so many thoughts swimming through I mean, my head. I mean, the solicitations I've even received, and it's not just me; it's uh, my other friends. You know, from couples seeking thirds, a third. um, from guys, hey, and they'll openly say, "I'm married, but I'm looking to do this thing. Are you down?" No. Wow. wow. Why do I look like that kind of? So no judgment, but hey. Oh my goodness! I, first of all, I'm gonna let wow. go of the table because I'm 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 hold. I'm gripping, gripping onto table. To this table. <laughs> Poor dear life. I feel like I'm being untethered. I feel like I'm, we ended I, up on the jury. I feel Springer like show. I'm gonna. I'm going to. So uh, much, I mean, think about Ashley. What she's going through. It's millions of young women and men are going mm-hmm. through this at the same time. Yes, and so so here's some my my thoughts. Mm. I think that it's only natural for women, irrespective of your of your age and the stage of your life, when you get that much attention, even some of it a little bit more explicit that you want or or salacious Mm -hmm. or anatomically involved (laughs) than you would want, uh, for those of you who are not in medical school, um, 
it, 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 I think it, it must speak to your brain. It allows you, it, it must make you feel like, ooh, all these people want me, maybe consciously or subconsciously. So how do we then, how, how is that all going to play? Or maybe it, it, it freaks you out and it stresses you out and says, I'm, I'm not going to date. So how do we then come out of COVID? How do then we start thinking about how are we going to date? Because to me, when you're reading this litany of things that now, which I think it should be another consulting piece to to your business to how this is how you emerge into the dating scene through digitally um certainly i that would be very helpful to me because i would have not not known all of those things but i i think it's because you say you're you're looking out for these clues of these type of people who they're saying they're one thing or maybe not be another Mm -hmm. that are not as explicit to me it's just all as we emerge out of this and and find a way to find real human connection it's a question of trust it How is. do we the, now trust, first of all, ourselves to go back into the world? Mm-hmm. How do we trust these? How would you trust somebody that you have been maybe video chatting with to then go out there and, first of all, are they vaccinated? And what do we think about that? And But how do you, when all of this is available mm-hmm. to people online, why would you come out of, of your house? That's a Get your great free question. flag on and stay home. I, I don't Netflix and chill, as we call yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that's what that meant. That's by the what way. that means. Netflix and chill. Um, and you know, there are some I think who went into COVID doing that, and they're going to come out of COVID continuing to do as you kind of we brush upon Netflix and chill. But I also think, to me, the positive that I'm seeing in all of this um, is because. COVID gave us that time and that space. I mean, I know, like I said, a lot of people on the the entire spectrum who, because we were sort of forced to stay inside, it really gave us time to think and reflect whether we wanted Mm -hmm. to or not, whether, you know, but it does. And I think now having had endured, having had endured that, it, we have more patience as a collective whole. Which is what I think is going to be one of the most important tools that we all mm-hmm. must have as we reemerge patience, from this. Right? Patience mm-hmm. for each other and patience for ourselves. Yeah. And and I think because of that patience for those who are really looking, as we've said, to make that meaningful connection, they're going to take some more time to assess who they're speaking with and who mm-hmm. they're connecting with and how, and, and how that plays out. And for those who, you know, are maybe anxious to be more friendly they're gonna go about doing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. however they choose to do that but I actually like I said I think that's the silver lining is for those who really want to reconnect and and they've missed that I know mm-hmm. you and I have had yes. conversations Cecile about this missing that human connection and for those who really missed that you know it's going to give them that opportunity it sort of reminds me of you know after World War II people when everyone came back from war I speak as if I was alive during this time <laughs> but from what I know you know what the world looked like at that time and then when everyone came back home and sort of you know recalibrated what family life looked Mm -hmm. like they started to appreciate some of these other things that they maybe took for granted prior to Mm -hmm. this terrible war and i kind of feel like that's what's going on here for those who want that connection and for those who seek something more Mm -hmm. they're going to have the opportunity to do that in a healthier way and at a slower pace which is what i think has been missing this entire time Mm -hmm. and i think you brought up a really interesting point when you uh, when you equated it to to a war Mm-hmm. I think that many people, and we're seeing it, many people are, are emerging out of this with a version of PTSD. Mm-hmm. I know John Salampares, the, the psychotherapist who we've had on the show. Who is wonderful, by the way. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes, mm-hmm. we think he's wonderful. He's He puts things, 
first of all, a non-judgmental way, mm-hmm. easy to digest, and I think that can connect with all of us. But I know that's something that mental health that he is very concerned about. We see it. Uh, I see it at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Sean, our executive producer, was sharing a story of, of a dear friend of his, is someone whom I know as well, who is a lovely human being, who's a manicurist, um, and she was providing a service to, an, to a customer, and a customer was very lovely, said how wonderful she was, and then proceeded to ask her a question uh, about vaccination, and she very proudly said she was vaccinated, and the woman was upset because she didn't believe in vaccines and i and i feel for her for sean's friend because she is a lovely human being and i sit on the side of the fence that god please yes do vaccinate yourself um and to have that emotional reaction aside from the legal ramifications that woman (laughs) clearly is not aware of that of, of the things she's asking that she shouldn't be asking but to me that's a form of maybe not a version of PTSD for her, but a version of, of what her truth is now going to be from council culture, from what her mm. experience has been through through COVID. And now we're going to be facing that. And I think people coming out of this are going to be dealing with a lot of anxiety of how do we go back to the workforce. Workforce is not going to be the same. Yeah. We no. are not going back to a, a, a full um, on-site workforce. And the multiple generations are going to have to deal with that. When our generation would be okay with it, perhaps going back to, the going back to work oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. you know towing the line, but the millennials who we say are very vocal will say, "I don't think so." Right. So um, I think that there's going to be also a lot of emotions, and maybe some people not easily coming out of 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 this hibernation mm-hmm. and, and what happens to their mental health, <laughs> what happens to their ability to go back and con- connect in a real human way. And still some uncertainty too, because early on uh, in the pandemic, I heard companies were saying, this will forever change the, the workforce as we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Now it's starting to trickle back in. Some companies are saying, well, we'd like 40% of, mm-hmm. of our workforce to come back. And a lot of my friends who were in that boat where they said, I'm never going back yeah. to the office because I can work remotely, they're starting to feel anxiety now because of the uncertainty of, are they really going to force us to come back to work? Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. And companies are. I know that the professional work that we do, that is right in, in the uh, in the wheelhouse of the work that we do. Mm-hmm. And the, the unfortunate piece of that is that the workforce is not going to come back. And since the, the largest portion of the workforce is now the millennial generation, mm-hmm. They will be setting the new norms and the new standards to dating. The policies, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. dating, marriage, yeah. work-life balance. They uh, they now have the 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 scales are tipping in your direction. And frankly, and I I think I speak fairly confidently on behalf of my generation that a lot of us will not put up with that anymore because we see, based on how we were raised, what you know, when the last economic downturn happened, mm-hmm. and watching our parents lose homes and all of these things. Mm. Our ideals and our priorities shifted because people worked, you know, we watched our parents and work for years in a job maybe they did or didn't like Mm -hmm. and then lose everything. And that was supposed to be the certain thing. That was supposed Mm -hmm. to be the thing that provided you security. And after that happened, it was like, 
And that every generation is supposed to do better than the one before it, right? And Mm -hmm. for us, because again, with technology and and learning, I mean, now it has been proven that most jobs can be done from home. And when we think, Mm -hmm. you know, we all live here in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. My, the old firm that I used to work at was down the street, um, is actually not that far from Fox. And, you know, I live in the valley six miles away. It was an hour and 15 minute commute to just get over the hill every morning. I was at my job usually about 12 hours a day. Then you take the two and a sum hour commute. That really minimized my time mm-hmm. to have a balanced life. And I'm a, I'm somebody who does not have children. I didn't have those obligations. And I thought to myself, you know, if I got that extra two and a half hours each day, I could exercise and still mm-hmm. have time to meal prep and relax or do extra other things Whatever that balance. Mm-hmm. So then I think about people with children and the additional challenges that things like commutes present and now we've done away with that to be able to work from home i can't see people at least in my generation being very willing to come back mm-hmm. unless there is something about the workplace obviously if you work on set you can only you have you to have be to. on set but even for some of that some of the clients that i have and the people that i work with they've done kind of like how we're doing podcasting here but they've been able to do that remotely and it's made people happier and healthier. Um, I know that my friends with children are very happy that the children will be going back to school for eight hours a day. <laughs> but um, other than that, you know, it's provided a little more balance to us. And that is more valuable. I mean, you see even employee branding at places like Google where you can bring your pets and they have pet insurance because more people in my generation are choosing not to have children. We have our fur babies. <laughs> so if you want to hire on somebody who's a programmer who can do what you need, then you need to be able to, you know, provide for their dog too is kind of where it comes from. And these are the, the aspects. Yeah, I, I agree. That's that brilliant. That's it brilliant. Is brilliant. And the truth of it is you said you just outlined a fourteen hour workday mm-hmm. previously. Yeah. And then you said to have work life balance let's just call it bs bs yeah how can you have work-life balance you can't so if that's a 14-hour day assuming that you sleep what eight hours six hours most people try to be healthy which will be six hours that's you know that's that's, my whole life and then on the weekends i was still expected sort of outside of the scope of my job if i wanted to advance in my job i had to take it upon myself to do the extra reading or whatever over my weekend which they expected at least eight hours of reading over your weekend so even just we call it you know my generation adulting so running your errands if you have to go cleaners car <laughs> washing call, yeah, that's we what call you call it doing errands <laughs> we call it adulting um because these are the things as an adult you have to do just you know you don't have your parents cooking for you you don't have your theoretically so um you know you do all of these things you go to the grocery store you pick up your prescriptions whatever it is that you are doing you for women you know again in the place that i worked there was still that standard it was still a little more corporate so there yes we're in this i guess new sexual revolution that we had once before where you know and gender equality and whatnot but Mm -hmm. yet still there's that expectation i need to have my nails done to be Mm. taken seriously so that for women is you know you know takes an extra hour sometimes two hours out of your day right makeup if you have to get your hair done if you have to you know all of these little things that i would rather frankly not have to do but that eats up the rest of my weekend Mm -hmm. so as you said where is that work-life balance there isn't one and that's the prevalence of dating apps because at least you can sit there while you're answering the thousands of phone calls and get back to somebody. Mm-hmm. But for the working professionals that I know that are ambitious, even when they really were trying to make a sincere connection, when do they have the time? Mm-hmm. Really? I mean, and to, and to build anything. So for us, you know, again, we've watched our parents, we've watched generations before us, and then what the world looks like now, having survived COVID, we're just over it. I mean, the bottom line, we're just over it. 
you know, the juice, as I say, is not worth the squeeze there. The juice is not worth the squeeze. Which I, I can't take credit for. I took it from, it was from a movie many years ago, but that's what I always yeah. kind of assess. Is the juice worth the squeeze for me? Because if it's mm -hmm. not, why do it? Especially now, and especially having faced sort of this mortality, you know, this idea of mm -hmm. our own mortality. So I think that the, that is, it is so, so many things to unpack there, it is. Ashley, because <laughs> and, it's, and it's really important that we mm -hmm. talk about those things because as we were thinking about dating after COVID for your generation, and, and I was honestly trying to still am wrap my head around how y'all date and connect, <laughs> and God bless you for I'm then still go trying forward. to wrap my head around um, it, frankly. I was looking at it from one dimension, and, um, and it was unfair, and it was mm. unjust, uh, because I know when I started in, in the professional world, I was in, 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 in financial services, and it was... 12 hours minimum, something was 14, something was 20 hours a day. And except back then, we were not allowed to ask for life balance. We, that, that was not something it's we not even thought about. And so that's what when you said, when do you think about, and of course, we had to wear pantyhose and the whole nine yards. Yeah, right. but, uh, but when do you think about dating? And, and so how could you honestly be true to yourself or date to do any of that? So I, I think coming out of, uh, of, of COVID, if we are choosing to be a more whole human mm -hmm. and understand that um, having a healthy personal life will allow you to have a robust, vibrant professional mm -hmm. life because at the end of the day, happiness is where effort meets desire mm -hmm. and meets a place that allows that to thrive. Mm -hmm. We all want to be happy again. We all want to be happy, thriving people that are putting effort in every aspect mm -hmm. of our life. It cannot just be right. one dimensional. No. And I think that's where, and don't get me wrong, there is a reason that the negative millennial stereotype exists. There mm -hmm. are these people, absolutely. But the funny part of that is, is the millennials I know that fit the quote-unquote lazy stereotype are ones who are products of parents who either were immigrants or first-generation Americans. They were hard-working people who worked to build something for their children, so they didn't have this, they had a better life, mm -hmm. right? And unfortunately, the work ethic part skipped over that. And so mm -hmm. there are those people, but for the majority of us that I know, you know, it's not that we're lazy. We just don't want to tolerate just consistent unhappiness and the stress that's needed. It's not that we're not driven, but we see maybe other ways of doing something or we don't understand the reason for pantyhose, mm -hmm. you know, why that's necessary to a female to be able to do her job correctly. Yeah. What does that have to do? I know you work in financial services. How does that inform your ability to provide? What makes you better? To yeah, be, and but it, it doesn't. That's why we have to give voice to the next generation. Mm -hmm. That's why it is incumbent upon us, Juan uh, and Sean, to empower the next generation, to remove ourselves out of the way so they can come in while we are there to support them because we were products of the generation before mm -hmm. us. And you should ask those questions. You should question everything and find an honest way forward because the truth of it is happiness and love is generative. Mm -hmm. The more you practice it, the more you say, this mm -hmm. is how we'll be happier, and therefore we will put in effort, and therefore we will be productive. Mm -hmm. You know, that, it's generative. It creates more of it. It, it infuses life around you. And that's why those employees at Google are happier because they can bring their pets, and now they provide insurance. This is not rocket science, but mm -hmm. it's very difficult for people to change. It's very difficult to give up. Mm -hmm. But we have learned that we could change. Look at what we have endured. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I think that was the catalyst. I mean, I think we as a human species do not change easily. No. Sometimes we have to be mm -hmm. kicked in the backside. And I think this was life's way of 
kicking these things into gear that were long overdue and you touched upon something really important and I know they've done studies in Sweden and whatnot mm-hmm. where they moved people to a six hour f- work day four days a week and they are, they've learned that they are I think it was like 35% more productive mm-hmm. that way and they've learned that the average person is only productive in, in a work environment mm-hmm. six hours a day so if you're paying someone for eight hours 12 hours a day the half of the time you are paying them is not really beneficial to either party and i so i just i think that's an important thing that you touch upon is and it makes sense right happiness Mm -hmm. you will only bring more and they're happier Mm -hmm. to come to work and be more correct you shorten the deadline to get your tasks done you work a little more efficiently Mm -hmm. to get it done and you're more focused Mm -hmm. and you bring more positive energy and there's also the need to regenerate our creativity Mm -hmm. our critical thinking our positivity with ourselves to process things in life Mm -hmm. if not you're just going back to working those long hours and you're a robot you don't have time to think about anything besides your basic survival needs and i think that's where the friends with benefits or the hookup culture for us became so prevalent as well because we don't have time for meaningful connection but we still want to connect in some aspect Mm -hmm. because connecting is meaningful it is meaningful and and it's like well you know i call it the cotton candy theory um i want to write a book on this at some point but this idea that you know we were chasing we were not satiated in that mm-hmm. way and as as a collective whole and I think in our generation and so we chase something you know you see cotton candy and it looks large and full and dense right and but when pretty you, and pretty right? yes and, and sparkly and in the sun you know and, and like it would be delicious and when you go you know and you're starving and when you go to eat that you realize after you've consumed it all well you just ate a something that looks very large Mm -hmm. but it really was just sugared air it wasn't nutritionally dense in Mm -hmm. in that way so but you know and I think the natural inclination is then people just keep trying to reach for more cotton candy well I just have to go get more of that thing Mm -hmm. as opposed to I mean at that point even a hot dog may be more nutritionally (laughs) dense but you know we we keep searching for this same thing because we're on such a robotic Mm -hmm. thought process of like okay we just need more of that because we don't even have the time to stop take a take a step back and be like well what am i really searching for because me you know this hookup culture for those who they're finding it's sort of meaningless because that's not what they're actually chasing for some it works and Mm -hmm. rock on but for those that i think are looking for something deeper they're realizing the cotton candy is just cotton candy so maybe if we mm-hmm. look at coming out of this as the great reset mm-hmm. that that's how i like to think of it as a great reset or or the kick in the butt <laughs> yeah the great the great reset to to allow us to to really be we talk about being mindful mm-hmm. we talk about being present we talk about what matters and you cannot give yourself the space to even experience that or think about yeah. that if you're on that hamster wheel or if you're chasing that mm-hmm. cotton candy things thinking that is going to fill you up mm-hmm. so i i I, I think that there's so much to learn from each generation and yes. from just sharing our own collective experiences mm-hmm. and, and listening and, and being open to what somebody that was not of our generation who may not think like us has to say about the world because I, I greatly appreciate everything you've shared, Ashley. I think that um, even just the, the dating piece, uh, which I struggle with, um, to think Don't about worry, you're not the only we all do we're all trying to <laughs> and, and to paths. think about how I reemerge which I'm very eager to do reemerge back into into the life as we knew it but having learned really meaningful lessons about what it means to be human and what it means to to connect with with each other mm-hmm. in a meaningful way and actually looking forward uh, 
How do you see things shaping up for you? I mean, I think there... I would like to think of it as an abundance of opportunity. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, there's a lot of uncertainty, I think, for all of us. But because, as you so poignantly said, Cecile, that this is sort of a great reset, right? So I think a lot of us are given an opportunity that many in prior generations haven't even been Mm -hmm. given. And Mm -hmm. we, we get the chance to really think about what we want and how we want to move forward. I know my business has picked up quite a bit lately because people have made huge career shifts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They've decided, you know what, I thought this was what I wanted for 30 years. I don't. So I'm going to go do this other thing. Can you help brand me? You know, and I'm excited for those people. I'm excited. Yeah, just just for the opportunities. I I think it's I think it's going to there's going to be a lot more positive than negative. I think it's going to take us a while to adapt. Mm -hmm. And I think there's still some you know challenges ahead but i think once we move past that it might leave on the macro and the micro mm-hmm. um in a much better state that's, that's the way I we think. think as well Cecilia. Right. we think uh, in positive terms right I'll, we always see the glasses half full even if we have to be filling mm-hmm. it ourselves yeah. well ashley how do people find you because i know people are going to want to find you we'll put up all your things on on our website as well mm-hmm. but if people wanted to get a hold of you how would they get a hold of you um, well, I have my websites. I have the queerocircle.com. Um, Spell so, that just so that. You sure. Know. It's as in cute and weirdo. So it's C U E I R D O media.com. And then if you are looking for some of the producerial work that we do, our own original content, that's under Ashley G Hall.com. And then if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Ash A S H underscore Hall, H A L L 13. So. Yes. So Wonderful. thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. Well, you have been a, 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 a There's breath. There's so much more we can talk I know. about. We need to have her I, back, I right? know. We need to have you yeah. back. And, and I will by then have let go of this table, calm myself <laughs> down for some of these shocking things. But it's important for us to hear it. It's important yeah. for me to hear it. And it's, I think it's important for, for the professional world to hear how um, – instead of being afraid of what your generation brings to the table to embrace it and grow from that. And and I think embracing is the key because I know so many of us, I mean, I just look at you, Cecile, such an incredible role model and oh, the things that you. you offer and the talents that you have. If we had more female mentors like mm-hmm. you, you know, because a lot of the women I know are, you know, that are my age, they're very secure and they only want to enhance the women around them, the mentees, you know, or, or the mentors that they have. Um, because we believe in what you are doing and we want to lift and support you, you know, and I unfortunately, I think that there's still some of that push and pull. And so to see someone like you, just the beautiful person you are in every aspect, um, you know, thank you're such you. a role model to all of us. Thank so you, Ashley. Thank that's you, Ashley. I just love I, you to death. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're making me blush and you're not going to make me cry. But I, I, I find that a privilege to be able to to love abundantly and to um, that's that's how we live forever. Yeah. And, and you do so well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so well. well, we hope to have her back, right? Absolutely. Thank you. you must. Thank no you. choice in that. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll bring us to the end of yet another podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Ends with Z. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you over at endswithz.com. And if you like what you hear, please tell your friends. For Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a great one, because above all else, you matter.